My name is Steve Hyde. I'm a missionary in Cambodia. Um, you saw the statistics just a minute ago. Um, they said there were about 17 million Christians in Cambodia, uh, 17 million people in Cambodia, and uh, about 400 and some thousand believers. There's probably a little bit more than that. When I first went to Cambodia, if you think of your room like you just did, there was one of you that was a believer in Jesus. But now we've been able to move it to over 400,000. So God is good. God is good. Some of you may know my, my daughter Anna or my son Udam. They were here. They, they would be juniors in high school. Well, my, my, my daughter Anna would be a junior in high school. Anybody know Anna? Anybody know Anna? All right, all right. And Udam, anybody know Udam? He was kind of quiet. Yeah, he would have he been a sophomore. That's right. He was kind of quiet. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but Anna's not quiet. And um, it's great to be here today. They wish they could be here. They're in school in Cambodia. And uh, so they won't be back in Bellevue until probably they graduate from high school there. Um, I want to tell you a little bit about myself. When I was your age, I started uh, to feel maybe some kind of call to missions. And I wanted to do something. And so much like you... Um, I didn't really know much about exactly what is, what is missions about and that kind of stuff. And so I knew, you know, people talk about sharing the gospel and sharing Jesus with people. So I, I was actually, I grew up on the mission field. So I grew up on the mission field, but I went to a school much like you guys go to. I went to a school called Faith Academy, and it was mostly foreigners and that kind of stuff. We spoke English, and we played soccer and basketball, and we wrestled and played volleyball and all that kind of stuff. We did Everything just like, like, like you. And every once in a while, people would say, we're going to take a mission trip and we're going to go do this or that or that kind of stuff. And, and I was always like, I don't mind playing soccer or playing basketball or playing things like that, but like, I don't, I don't want to stand out. I don't want to talk in front of people. I was really nervous. I was really shy. Um, I would never, as a high schooler, I would never stand in front of a bunch of high schoolers like you. I would never do that. I'd be the guy at the back of the room. That would be me. I would never stand in front of people. And if I was standing here, I would look at the ground. <laughs> I wouldn't even look at you. I'd be so nervous. I'd be just like shaking and that kind of stuff. But I love to play basketball. So my basketball coach said, hey, let's go. We're going to go and we're going to play basketball. And at halftime, we're going to share the gospel to some people. Well, I just wanted to play basketball. Um, I didn't really, I was nervous about the whole halftime thing and that kind of stuff. So we played our basketball, you know, I had fun. And in the, so I grew up in the Philippines. In the Philippines, they tend to be shorter. So I feel like I'm like LeBron, you know. So uh, I was kind of big stuff in the Philippines. So I came back here, not so big. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, love to play that kind of stuff. But at halftime, then my coach would line us up. So I'm like, I'm your age. He'd line us up, up the player. So there'd be five or six of us, and then there'd be some adults as well that were coaching us and that kind of stuff. And our purpose was to share the gospel. And he'd say, okay, sing a song. And so we would just come, whatever song came into our head, you know, and mostly it was horrible, whatever song we sang. And then I remember one day he said, Steve, I want you to give a testimony. And so he handed me the microphone. And there's just, there's just lots of, a lot of people just wanting to watch basketball. That's all. They weren't coming to, to know about Jesus. And so he handed me the mic, and I'm like shaking like crazy. I'm handing the mic, and I said, um, I, I love Jesus. And before I was not good. And, and now I love Jesus, and so it's, it's better. And I just handed the, the mic back. That was, my, that was my public testimony. 
Can you relate? <laughs> Can you relate? Man. And so then, and then they're like, hey, you did good, Steve. That was great. It was like, yeah, that was horrible, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> and, then, and then I had another opportunity. They said, hey, would you, would you go? We're going to take a trip, and we're going to go off into the jungles. And, and all you have to do, we're going to practice some songs, and you're going to sing. And I was like, okay, so we're singing in a group, right? So I'm not singing no solos or anything. Like yeah, so we, we're singing in a group. And, 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 and so then one night, so we went up there, and it was fun. You know, were hiking all through the mountains, and, and you were seeing cool things. And, and they said, so they, took, they gave us tracks that we could give out house by house. So you know how, you know how I'd give out tracks? So I'd look and see if anyone was in the house. It, if it looked like there was somebody in the house, I'd say, hey, why don't you, you go to that house? I'll go to this next one. You know, because I was afraid about talking to people. And so I'd go to the houses that looked like nobody was in, and I'd drop a track off. I'd knock on the door, drop a track off, and I'd leave. And they'd say, did you talk to anybody? I'd say, oh, they weren't home. You know, they weren't home. I was, I was so scared of talking to people. And even one point, I remember, so it's not like America, not really like America. I'm walking along, and there's a pig pen, and I fell into the pig pen. And I fell into this pig pen. I'm covered with, like, not mud, but looks like mud. You know, smells really bad. Yeah. And I'm covered with it. And, and then I come over to, uh, and then I keep walking. I'm trying to, and they told me, well, mate, you got to share tracks. I smell like pig manure. I smell like pig manure. But I just kept going. But I didn't want to talk to anybody. I was scared to death. And, and, and that was kind of my first missions. And then... And so then maybe six months later or so, they said, hey, we have another project. Steve, will you come on that? And you know what the project was? They said, we're going to go to a leper colony. A leper colony. I was just like, uh, no. But you can't say no because, you know, you can't, it's like saying no to Jesus. You can't do that. Right? So, you know, inside what I felt like? Can you imagine? Inside it was like, what am I going to do in a leper colony? You know, I was scared to death. But we went, we went, and they had us, like, clean the wounds on people. And, oh, boy, I was, I was so scared of touching people and everything like that. And I just wanted to cry. That's, I, didn't, I didn't say a word about Jesus. I didn't share the gospel. I didn't do nothing. I just changed some bandages, and that was that. But, you know, God was using that all the time to to show me a different world, to show me the lostness of the world, to show me broken people. I remember one time, so I grew up in the Philippines. We have a lot of volcanoes. And one year there was a volcano that exploded called Mount Pinatubo. And the ash was so thick, it just wiped out village after village after village after village. And, and so we were going, we were actually going to play a basketball game. And we're, we're going through this place where the, where the ash was literally like 20 feet thick. And, and we went into where there used to be a village, where there used to be a road. And you could, see, you could see the roofs of the building sticking out, but everything else was ash. And it was because they had rained and everything, it was like concrete. And these kids came up to me. These kids came up to me. And they're like, please give us food. Please give us food. And it just broke my heart. It just broke my heart. And I was just like, what can I give them? I took out all my money. I took off my shoes. I took off my shirt. Just whatever I could. I'm just weeping. And my mom, my mom was like, she knew that Jesus was working in my heart. But it's like, what's, she said, it's okay, it's okay. We'll just get in the car. Let's go, let's go. And we went. But it just broke my heart for, for the, the lostness, for the, 
for the, 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 the difficulties that people face and that kind of stuff. And so eventually I graduated from high school. I went on to college. And I was sitting in a worship, a worship, like a worship time, much like we just sat in. And I was sitting in this worship time, and I felt the Lord say to me, I want you to go to Cambodia as a missionary. It, I, I know exactly the date that it was and everything. It was like the audible voice of God. Nobody could hear it. It was just in my heart. But I heard this voice saying, I want you to go to Cambodia. This was a long time ago. I'm old now, okay? This was when I was your age. I heard this, I heard this voice and say, go to Cambodia. Well, I was like, it was so real. It was so real. I immediately, I went and I booked a ticket to Cambodia. I found out how much it would cost because we didn't have internet back in those days. So it's just really old. So we didn't have internet. So I booked this ticket to go to Cambodia. I found out how much it cost, all that kind of stuff. And, and then I said, I, but I, if I'm going to make this commitment to go to a place called Cambodia, I need to know from the word of God that this Jesus wants me to go there. I know I heard this voice, and I, I, I feel like it was Jesus. I think it was Jesus, but I want to know. And so I did what you should never do. I went through my Bible, and I just went like that. And I actually was like, I know Jesus wants me to go, and I know there's a lot of mission verses in the New Testament. So where do you go in the New Testament? You go down here. You know, you go to the back section, because the back section of the New Testament, I'm thinking Acts 1-8 would be helpful. You know, Acts 1-8 quiz. Matthew 28 would be great. You know, Mark 16 would be good. You know all the, the mission verses. You know all those kind of things, right? And so I'm thinking in my mind, if I find one of those, I know that Jesus will confirm. And I felt this voice say, why don't you go to the Old Testament? So I flipped over to the Old, just flipped it open. I don't recommend that. I don't recommend that. Okay? I flipped open to the Old Testament, and it opened to Jeremiah chapter 1. It, it opened up to Jeremiah chapter 1, and I looked down. And I read these words, okay? This is what I read when I was your age. Ah, oh, sovereign Lord, I said, do not, I do not know how to speak. I really don't know how to speak. I am only a child. But the Lord said to me, do not say I'm only a child. You must go to everyone I send you to and say what I command you to. Do not be afraid of them, for I am with you and I will rescue you, declares the Lord. Then the Lord reached out his hand and touched my mouth, and he said, Now I have put my words in your mouth. See, today I will appoint you over nations and kingdoms and unru uh, uh, to uproot and to tear down, to destroy and to overthrow, overthrow, to build and to plant. I literally, when I opened that and I read that, I knew my life was to be in Cambodia. And I left for Cambodia in one week after that and really never returned. <laughs> I've been in Cambodia ever since. We did, we did uh, in the last 30 years, we did take one furlough here in Memphis, so that means we come back and we took a break for a year, and my kids went to ECS, we stayed at Bellevue here for one year, uh, took a break, and then we went back to Cambodia. Uh, so only one time in 30 years did we come back, and we come back and visit and that kind of stuff like we're doing today, but I'll be back in Cambodia next week again, and continuing to share the gospel. I knew what God had called me to do. Well, I want to tell you real quick, what is it like to be a missionary? Because you're probably thinking, maybe if God calls you to be a missionary, what do you do? What does a missionary do? You know, I'll tell you, I found out it's really simple. It's really simple. Like I read, like, like what the Lord showed me in, in Jeremiah chapter 1, I found out being a missionary is actually not that complicated. First of all, it's not just sitting around. It's asking Jesus every day, Jesus, what do you want me to do today? What do you want me to do today? It's opening our eyes 
to the difficulties of the world. When you saw that video of all the religions around the world and the lostness of the world, the people that wear orange, you saw some of those people that wear orange, they were Buddhist monks. That's where I'm in. That's where I am. The people that I'm around, the people that I'm surrounded by, are people that believe God lives in stones. And they worship uh, stones of Buddha and other, and other gods like that. That you can go down to, like, what are those show, stores called? You can go down to any store and you can buy, like, a plastic Buddha. And, you know, you can do that here in Memphis. You can go down to, like, what are those stores called? No, like... We can buy just kind of, uh, what's that, Navy? Navy? Old Navy? Yeah, <laughs> I don't know. Walmart. Walmart? You can buy a Buddha in Walmart if you want. Why would you worship a God that you can buy in Walmart? That's ridiculous. But I want to tell you, they don't know any better. Because nobody told them how stupid that was. Nobody told them how stupid that was. And so my job as a missionary is to tell people, not in an ugly way, it's like, hey, dude, you're stupid. No, we don't don't do that. We don't do that. But we're saying there's a better way. There's a better way. You literally took that rock and you made it into a god, and now you're bowing before it and you're putting money in front of it. They will take money and burn it so that God will be happy to receive burned money. That's, that's how lost they are. That's how, it, it's stupid. And the Satan blinds people's eyes so that they don't know any better. And so the number one thing I do is I listen to Jesus. Now this is very important. I want to I tell you, if, if you're a believer and you follow Jesus, you need to know how to hear the voice of Jesus. You need to know how to hear the voice of Jesus. The pastor is not the voice of Jesus. That's the pastor's voice. Steve over here is a great guy, got a great name, just like me. Amen, hallelujah. But he's also not Jesus. Jesus lives in you. I'm also not Jesus. Jesus lives in you, and Jesus wants to speak to you tonight. I've been praying for tonight for several weeks now. That Jesus would already be speaking to you. I'm standing in front of you, but I'm believing that Jesus is going to speak into your heart. And some of you tonight, I believe that Jesus is going to call you to him. And I believe that some of you tonight, Jesus is going to call you to a mission field somewhere far, far away. And you are going to change the statistics on those maps. I, I will never go back to what I did before or what my dreams were before. Because all my dreams now are just listening to Jesus. Do you know in the Bible what it says? Where does faith come from? Faith comes from, okay, faith comes by hearing. Hearing what? Hearing the word of God. Hearing the word of God. I hope that you know how to hear Jesus speak to you. Because if you know how to hear the voice of Jesus, then you can respond. And when you listen to the voice of Jesus, then you grow. Then you grow in your faith. So to me, now my wife was telling me earlier, I was sharing here about what I feel like God wants me to talk about you guys uh, tonight and everything. And she said, make sure you let them know, this is for my wife, make sure you let them know that Jesus will never tell you the end of the story yet. 
He's not going to tell you the end of the story. He's not going to, if I would have known when I went to Cambodia what I was doing today, I probably wouldn't have gone. I would have been scared to death. I would have been overwhelmed. And Jesus is just going to tell you a little bit at a time. He's just going to tell you a little bit at a time. It's kind of like, it's kind of like, if you're walking a tightrope, can you imagine walking a tightrope? Imagine you're walking this tightrope, and you listen to God, and he says, go forward. Take another step. Take another step. Take another step. What are those steps? Those are when Jesus says to you, why don't you share the love of Jesus with him? And you do it, and you take another step. And then he says, why don't you help that child over there? And you do it, and you take another step. Your faith is growing and growing and growing. If you could see where you were, you'd probably freak out. You could be that tightrope. It could be like you're walking across the Grand Canyon. Would that freak you out to walk across the Grand Canyon? Have you ever been to the Grand Canyon? I've been to the Grand Canyon, and there's the edge over there, and I'm just like, oh, that's a long ways down there. But Jesus... He will make us, he'll make us be able to put a tightrope across the Grand Canyon and walk over there. And he'll do incredible things because faith comes by hearing. Faith comes by hearing. And your faith will grow and grow and grow and grow. And God will use you in more and more and more ways. I want to tell you something else here. You know, you know when God called Abraham? You guys know the Bible pretty well, I think. You know when God called Abraham? It's one of the neatest stories in the Bible to me. God called Abraham. He said, I'm going to make you a great nation. Remember? He's got, I'm, going to make you, I'm going to make you so big that the sand in the world, the stars in the sky won't even number your, your descendants. And he's thinking, I got nobody. You know? And then finally he had his son Isaac. Remember? And then God told him, hey, Abraham, I want you to go and sacrifice your only son. And you know what he did? In the Bible it says, you can look it up in Genesis I think it's Genesis chapter 14 or 15. Sorry about that. But he said, it says, early the next morning. So God spoke to him at night. Early the next morning, Abraham saddled his donkey and he went. Jesus told him to go somewhere. Jesus told him to go somewhere to sacrifice his son. Why didn't he have him sacrifice his son where he was? In his house. Because Jesus wanted Abraham to go on a journey. And as he went on that journey to Mount Moriah, somewhere up the, up the mountains and everything, he just kept going. Abraham didn't know where he was going. He's just listening to God. Where do you want me to go? I got my son here. I've got my knife here. That's not a good idea, but I'm going to follow you, Jesus. And he got to where Jesus wanted to go. And Jesus said, I want you to sacrifice your son. So what did he do? He tied up his son. And then he took his knife, get ready to kill his son. And what did God do? He said, stop. I know you're faithful. And that was basically the end of the story. Because Abraham knew how to listen to God. And God took him on a journey and made him into a great nation. Half of the people on this earth are descendants of Abraham today. And he's made him into a great nation. And Jesus came out of that nation. Think about the the story of Jesus. Jesus was sent to this earth to be the sacrifice for our sins. But to be a sacrifice, he had to die. Well, think about it. Even Satan thought that's a dumb idea. He could just negotiate with Satan, and Jesus could just take over the world. 
If, he, if Jesus is going to be the savior of the world, and Jesus is God, he's all powerful, why doesn't he just take over the world? Okay, bad guys, you dead. Okay, you good guys, you follow me. Why didn't he do that? But Jesus went on a journey. He said Jesus has nowhere to sleep. Everywhere Jesus went, he walked. He didn't have a car. Everywhere he walked. He was only on a donkey one time, and it was just to walk through a gate. He walked everywhere. And then, and then he went on the cross and died on the cross for us. That was a journey. God took Jesus on a journey. And even you remember when Jesus was praying in the garden, he said, Jesus, if you can take, God, if you can take this from me, please take this cup from me. He didn't want to do it. But he was obedient. And he is, because he was obedient, he's the savior of the world. He's the savior of the world. God called, after that, Jesus rose from the dead, right? Jesus rose from the dead. You know the Great Commission, Matthew 28, right? Go into all the world and preach the gospel. Baptize people in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. That's my job. I don't get paid for it. I do it every single day. <laughs> I just share the gospel with people. I just share the gospel with people. But you know what? If you look in there, Matthew 28 Verse 18 to 20 is the Great Commission. All of you have memorized it. Look at verse 16. Jesus, after he rose from the dead, and before he was going to ascend into heaven, he said, he told his disciples, go to the mountain where I'll tell you to go. He made his disciples walk up a mountain first. He already rose from the dead. And Jesus made the disciples walk up a mountain. It was a journey. It was, a, it was, they didn't know where they were going. They didn't know what was going to happen. They hadn't read the end of the story. They knew that Jesus had died. They saw him raised raise from the dead. But they didn't know what was going to happen. They didn't know if there was going to be an ambush. They didn't know if the Roman soldiers were going to kill him. They didn't know, they didn't know if Pilate was going to kill him. They didn't know what was going to happen. But Jesus said, go up this mountain, and I'm going to tell you something. And when they went up the mountain, Jesus gave them the great commission and said, go into all the world. And preach the gospel. And they did. And every one of them, every one of those disciples, if you look at the history, it's not in the Bible because it happened after the, the New Testament was written. Every single one of them was killed sharing the gospel. But in, in their lifetime, they saw tens of thousands of people come to Christ. They saw the gospel spread out from Jerusalem. And just in Israel... They saw it spread across to India, to Africa, to Europe, and they saw it continue to spread. And that spread is continuing to this day because we're still doing what God has called us to do. And I want to tell you something. It says in, it says in John 14, 12, that Jesus said, if you believe in me, you will do the same things I have done and even greater things than Jesus has done. Jesus has an amazing plan for you guys. Jesus has an amazing plan for you, not you in general, you and you. God has an amazing story that he already knows, but he's not telling you yet. He's waiting for you to listen to him and waiting for you to walk. He's not going to tell you the end of the story, but I promise you, it's amazing. When I was a little kid, 
all I wanted to do was play sports. That's all I wanted to do. When, when I was in high school, I would play basketball. If you had a basketball in my hand, I'd be playing basketball from 5 in the morning until 10 o'clock at night every single day. That's all I wanted to do. That's all I wanted to do is dream about basketball. And then when God called me to Cambodia, I was like, well, there goes that dream. They're so short, they probably can't even hold a basketball. And then I get to the country and I find out there's only one basketball hoop in the entire country. One basketball hoop. And, and so I just took a basketball down there and started shooting basketballs. You know what they said? Can you be the national coach of Cambodia? And it was just kind of like God's joke with me, you know. It's like you thought you were going to give up basketball, but hey, I'll make you the national basketball coach of Cambodia. And this was, this was the time when the first dream team in America, so this was like Magic Johnson, Larry Bird, those kind of guys, the, uh, Michael Jordan. This was the first dream team that went to the Olympics. And, and I was just like, God, we're going to need some help here. <laughs> if we got to go up against the dream team, <laughs> holy cow. But it, we didn't. We, don't worry, we didn't qualify. <laughs> but God gave me a chance to use basketball for what? To share the gospel. I had a dream. Later, God gave me different dreams about sharing the gospel with people that never heard about Jesus. And I got, to, I got to share the gospel with people when I would say, I want to tell you about Jesus. And they'd look at me and like, gee, what? Gee, what? Who's that? They never in their life heard of Jesus. And I began to share with them about who Jesus was and how Jesus, I'd share from Jesus from the whole Bible. I have to teach them everything about who, who God is and who Jesus is. And you know what? One by one, people would say, hey, I want to believe in Jesus. I want to believe in Jesus. I want to believe in Jesus. And I tell them, why don't you go tell your friends about Jesus too? And they do. And they do. And they just kept going and going and going and going and going. And just about two weeks ago, I was in Cambodia. This is the most beautiful stage I've ever been on. Most of the stages I'm on aren't really fancy. <laughs> There's like dogs running around and chickens and that kind of stuff, <laughs> just to be honest. <laughs> but uh, just a few weeks ago, we held a worship service for young people, actually for any Christian that wanted to come out. When I first went to Cambodia, there were only eight churches in the entire country of Cambodia, less than 2,000 Christians in the entire country of Cambodia, the entire country. They didn't even know the name of Jesus. And we held a worship service a few weeks ago, and there were about 30,000 30, people, 30,000 people, young people your age that came out, and they had no idea who I was. But they knew exactly who this was. They knew Jesus. They knew Jesus. I tell you, there's not a job in the world that I would ever take that could compare to that. There's not a job in the world. You could make me the CEO of FedEx or the head of, you, I could be Elon Musk, Musk or whatever and shooting up rockets into the sky or whatever. And I'm just like, that's a stupid job. In fact, I have an idea for you. If you feel like God's working on your heart and you feel like Jesus is telling you I want to be a missionary, I know if you go and tell your parents, they may be thinking, I wish you'd be a doctor. I wish you'd be a lawyer. Bring in the cash, man. <laughs> you know, have a fancy car. Have a nice house. You know, 
have a, have a really nice husband or daughter, that kind of stuff. But I have an idea. Tell them you work, you're gonna, you've got a job that you found online. You know, online? Between you and God. A job you found online. You have a contract. You have a contract with God. Right? Don't say God, though. Because they'll, they'll be like, ah, you're not going to be one of those fanatics, are you? Uh, and tell them, tell them he's richer than Elon Musk. The owner is richer than Elon Musk. He's smarter than all the executives and all the engineers at Tesla, SpaceX. He's smarter than all of them combined. And it's a way better job than the boring company. And Jesus will give you stock options also. Whatever you do, you're building up treasures in heaven. Whatever you do, you're building up treasures in heaven. That is far more valuable. And then, and then tell your parents, I don't have to worry about salary because Jesus said, as I walk by faith, he's going to take care of me. When I went to Cambodia 30 years ago, I had $700. $700. And I want to tell you, I've never lacked anything. In 30 years, I never lacked anything. Never missed a meal by choice, <laughs> obviously. <laughs> sure, I don't have a fancy car. I don't want one. I don't have a fancy motorcycle. I don't want one. I just want to tell people about Jesus. And it's incredible. And even when I get to come back to the States, I don't have a car in the States. People say, hey, why don't you borrow my car? So I just get a car to drive. Even, I, like, I don't have a, I know Pickwick's a big thing around you guys, right? If you can go to Pickwick, you know, and have a, go out in a boat at Pickwick, right? I've been, I've been in cabins at Pickwick, and I never have to pay the electric bill. I never have to put gas in the boat or anything else. People just, they just let me use it. But then I go back to Cambodia. And for all these years, 30 years, my kids have never lacked anything. My family's never lacked anything. And we've been able to see the nation change. We've been able to see the nation change. I know here that some of you, God has put something in your heart, a dream in your heart. First of all, you have to be in line with Jesus. Jesus loves you. He will fight for you. He has an amazing plan for you. If you're not fully committed to Jesus now, today I'm going to pray that you make that commitment to follow Jesus. Repent of your sins. Whatever the sin that you're hiding, that your friends don't know about, that your parents don't know about, that's deep in your heart, just give it to Jesus. And say, I'm sorry, Jesus, I want to follow you. And he'll touch your heart. And he will put you on a path. And all you have to do is follow him. Some of you here maybe have a call in your life. You say, I feel like ever since I was a little girl or a little boy, I feel like God's got something bigger for me and it's outside of Memphis. That's not, that's not weird. I want to tell you that's okay. The first place God sent me was to the Soviet Union. And then God sent me to Cambodia. And much like you, he probably didn't even know where it was. I didn't know where it was. I showed up in the Soviet Union. The Soviet Union collapsed, and then I had to find out where I was. And they said, you're in the country of Uzbekistan. You probably don't even know where Uzbekistan is. I didn't know where Uzbekistan was, and I was there. 
But God used me to share the gospel and to go throughout all of Uzbekistan and share the gospel. I've been in Africa sharing the gospel. I've been in, in the Himalayan mountains sharing the gospel. I've been to the peak of communism sharing the gospel. I've been in China sharing the gospel, in Mongolia sharing the gospel, in Japan sharing the gospel. And it's just walking with God. When, you're, when you listen to God and you're faithful to God and you walk with him, he'll lead you on an incredible journey. He has an incredible journey for you. And so today I just want to leave that with you. And then I just want to close in prayer now. And I just want to pray for you. And we're going to continue on in our program here. But I just want to pray for you. And, and, and just pray that God will speak to your heart. You know how you listen to God? You just stop talking. You just stop talking. Ask Jesus a question. And then wait for him to answer. And listen to what he answers to you. Dear Lord Jesus, I thank you for today. I thank you for these young people. Thank you for these high schoolers. Thank you for their passion, for their desires, for what you have put in their hearts. I thank you for their energy, for their love, for their fun. Lord, I believe here you are calling people to you. You want all of them to love you, to know you, to know that they are saved by you and to be your sons and be your daughters. And Lord, I know that here there are also some that you're calling to be missionaries. You've put a burden in their heart for people far, far away, people they don't even know, in lands they maybe don't even have, have never heard of or don't even know. Lord, speak to them like you spoke to me. Lord, help them walk step by step and grow their faith like you helped me for all these years. Lord, I thank you that dependence on you is not weakness, but it's strength. Lord, I thank you that, that you've called us to live by faith and not by sight. Not by what the world thinks. Not by what our parents thinks. Not by what our, our society thinks. But by the faith you have put into our heart. Lord, I pray that you will touch hearts here today. And you will open up their hearts. And give them the boldness and the courage to take that first step of faith. Like Abraham did. Like you did, our Lord like the apostles did when you called them to go. Help them to be faithful and enjoy the amazing journey that you would call them to do. Thank you for this. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.